born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Turn in your Bible to the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms. I was trying to figure out what kind of a title to have on today's sermon. I thought about the oak tree and the pine. Oh, that would make a good sermon. And so then I thought about the fern and the bamboo. And then I thought about the biggest mistake God ever made. And then I thought, well, God can't make a mistake. But if God could make a mistake, what would be the biggest mistake God ever made? I believe that it would be that God gave to man a free will. Do you realize the damage that has come to the world because man was given the ability to choose the right of choice, to make up his own mind, to say no? And look at the damage over the years because man made the wrong choice. Did God make a mistake in giving you and I a a voice, a choice to choose? Right or wrong, good or bad, and look what's happened to everything. And there they were in the Garden of Eden, and nothing was going, everything was perfect. Everything was just right. And then God told them one thing not to do, gave them a choice, told them it would be consequences. Boy, if he had just never gave us a free will, we would have such a wonderful life. We'd all been nine on this world, we'd have been perfect. There would have been no sin, no problems. And you know what? God uh, made a mistake. No, God didn't make a mistake. God knew what man was going to do before he did it. So I guess we're back here to the book of Psalms in chapter 1, trying to decide what is the title of today's message. But notice there in the book of Psalms in chapter 1, the first Psalm, verse 1, says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. You see, in verse 1, it talks a little bit about the separation, things that makes us different. You and I, when we trusted Christ as our Savior, 
We were separated from the unbelievers because you're now a believer. You became a child of God, so you've been separated from being, just being a child of the, of, of the flesh. So there is a separation. There is a difference. You're not the same as you used to be. God doesn't see you the same way. You're different now. And yet at the same time in our Christian life, God says, I don't want you to do some of the things that others do. I don't want you to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. So I don't want you to listen to them. I don't want you to walk the way others walk. And then he says, and not to stand in the way of the sinners. I don't want you to do that because it has to deal with what, uh, what we do. One is what we hear, and, and then the other hears, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Uh, this is what we say. So there's three things here. Uh, that uh, gives us some things that says, God says, blessed is the man that, that, that walketh not, doesn't act like the world, doesn't think like the world, doesn't talk like the world. Because in God's eyes, you're not of the world. Uh, you were, but you're no longer. You're in the world, but God doesn't want us to be like the world. And then he makes a statement there in verse 1, talking about our separation. So we're separated and then in verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Now, if the man does this, doesn't do the other, but he does this, then the man is to be saturated. So we're separated, but then we're saturated. We're saturated with what the Word of God says. It permeates our mind so that we want to do what God says to do. We want to walk the way he says to walk. And we want to sit in the counsel of the godly, and not uh, to walk in the way of the ungodly. It uh, causes you to have a separation because the Word of God saturates you. And because of that, he says, you meditate upon the Word of God, as it says in the book of Joshua in chapter 1. It says that we may have success all the days of our life. Now, not success in the eyes of the world, but success in the eyes of God, what God considers it to be. And then we're situated in a certain spot. See, there's a lot of places that we choose to put our home, where we choose to live. And look, at, there's 50 states in the United States. We can choose to live so many places. But the thing that you and I should understand is that there's a better place to be, you know, situated. And that's to be situated by the river of uh, life. You see, there's a place that you can be that will sustain you all the days of your life, all the days of my life. There's a place that we can be. And whenever it doesn't seem like things are flourishing like you'd like to see them, but you yourself as an individual are supposed to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Look there in verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That is a good verse. And this is talking about the God's child that is saturated with the Word of God, and he does the things that God says to do, and therefore he is situated in the right spot for the blessings of God. And every person that I know of that knows the Lord, loves the Lord, wants the blessings of God upon their life. And I want that, and I'm sure that you do too. But he says in verse 4, the ungodly are not like this. The ungodly doesn't love the Word of God. They're not situated by the river of life talking about the Word of God itself. They don't plant themselves into the Word of God so that their roots go deep. I mentioned to you about the oak tree, and everybody knows that an oak tree goes, grows real slow. And they say, well, there's two ways to get to the top of an oak tree. One, you can climb it. 
two, you can sit on an acorn. But an acorn tree will take a little bit longer to grow because it's got deeper roots, it's a stronger tree, and it produces hard wood that burns good. Now, a pine tree is not exactly like that. And a pine tree, well, it, it grows faster and roots are not as deep. When there's a storm, uh, they blow over quite easily. And they can be a danger. It's just that there's a difference in the root system. This one person, uh, he was very sick and tired of life. He didn't like his job, didn't like his wife, didn't like his health, he didn't like people. Uh, he didn't like the world, and he didn't like God. And a matter of fact, he just hated everything and hated himself. And so he just one day just told the boss, he says, I quit my job. Told his wife, I'm quitting, don't want to be married to you anymore. He says, and I'm just going to quit my spirituality altogether. I don't want church no more. I just quit everything. And I'm going to go out into the woods and I'm just going to end my life. I quit. You ever think like that? Just I've had enough. I don't want to go no more. Stop this world, Lord, and let me off. Well, he thought, I'm going to have one last talk with God. So he got out there in the woods, and he says, Dear Lord, before I end it all, do you have anything final you'd like to say to me? I mean, can you talk me out of this? Can you give me one good reason why I should not just end it all right now? Give me a good reason. And the Lord says, Have you ever uh, seen the fern and the bamboo? He said, well, yes. He said, well, you see this beautiful forest that I have? Yeah. He said, you know that I, uh, I plant the, uh, the fern and I, and I plant the seed for the, the bamboo? He said, even if I plant them both at the same time and I can give them water and I give them sunlight? He said, you know that that fern will just grow up immediately? Beautiful green and it's great, beautiful. He says, but that, that bamboo seed didn't grow at all. He said, but I didn't give up on that, that bamboo. He says, after the first year, the ferns came out more abundantly and covered the floor of the, of the forest, and it was beautiful greenery. It looked great. He says, but that, that bamboo still didn't grow. The seed didn't grow at all. He said, and I watered them. He said, and I gave it sunlight. But the bamboo seed didn't grow. The third year, still the same story, didn't grow. The fourth year, didn't grow. He said, but in the fifth year, there was a little sprout. He says, in comparison to the ferns, he says, it was small and insignificant. He says, but you realize in six months that bamboo can be a hundred feet tall. He says, those five years that nothing happened. He says, there was nothing wrong. He says, I created them both. He says, but that bamboo was building its root system. So that when it started to grow, it could grow as tall as it goes. He says, I didn't give up on that bamboo. He said, just because it didn't grow. He says, I don't give up on you. I don't give up on people. He says, my word doesn't 
go and not come back, it accomplishes what I sent it forth to do. He says, when it comes to anything that I've made, he says, I'm the creator. He says, and it will accomplish that which I intended. So whenever you and I understand that our good days, all we talk about how blessed we are of God, but those bad days are the days that God is spending time causing us to deepen our roots into the Word of God. So it's not wasted time. So every one of us may flower at times, but he says there's other times when he says, I've, um, I've got your root system going deep, and I want you to hang on to what the Word of God says. And so your faith grips this rock, and your faith grips this rock. And this one goes down 20 feet and grips a hold of this verse. And this one gets a hold of this verse. So that whenever you really start to grow, he says, and the winds start coming, he says, the root system is what sustains you. And just like that bamboo, it might seem like a year goes by, two years, three years, four years, times of lull, nothing exciting. But it's not lost time. It's because God is spending time giving you experiences. So the good things, oh, we love the blessings of God. But the bad days are not really bad days. But we look at them as bad days. Now, those bad days is where we're gaining experience that will deepen our relationship with the Lord and cause us to be a stronger Christian. And then whenever your roots go deep, you can grow and be higher. And the man says, Lord, how high can I rise? He said, well, how high can the bamboo tree rise? He says, as high as it can. He says, and that's what I want for you. I don't quit on you. I want you to rise and give me glory as high as you can. Just be faithful, and God will bless. And I believe that the Lord will. Remember this, because we often think about the bad days. And it's amazing that many times on our calendar, we can't remember certain days unless something happened on that day. Here's the Lord. Now, he gave you and me the right of choice. Did God make a mistake when he gave you the right to choose? He saved you, gave you eternal life, and then set you free to live. Now you got the freedom to choose to serve the Lord or not to serve the Lord. How did you do with your choice? You have a choice to read God's word or not to read God's word. How, what kind of a decision did you make? You have a choice to witness for the Lord or not to witness for the Lord. It gave you choices. Did God make a mistake? Did he trust you too far? Did you let him down? Did you fail? Did God make a mistake when he left you here instead of taking you on home? Whenever you think about the 12 disciples, Christ spent three and a half years at least with his disciples, taught them, walked with them, and he spent time with them. And then whenever it was all over with and the big test came, <laughs> they all failed. They all failed their final exam because it says in the scriptures that they all uh, forsook him. Every one of them did. But Peter, remember him, God bless Peter. He said, Lord, though everybody forsake you, I won't. I will never forsake you. And the Lord says, before the night's over, you're going to deny me three times. Nah, not me. I don't know what everybody else is going to do, but I'm, man, I'm, I'm rock solid. You know, Peter's roots were not very deep. It didn't last the night, did it? It didn't last the night. 
Because before the night was over with, he'd done messed up. Done messed up. And can you believe that Jesus and, and Peter exchanged a glimpse at each other? Jesus looked at Peter. Looked at him. And Peter saw him after he denied him three times. And it came into his mind. And he wept. Because he knew what he had promised. And little did he know that within a few hours, he was going to let the Lord down so bad. you talking about failure. Did God make a mistake with Peter? Did he make a mistake with him? Look how, he, how bad he blew it. And yet God still used Peter on the day of Pentecost. What a great honor to use this man. See, God didn't use a man because he was perfect. God used a man because he realized, I done messed up, I accept it, and then make things right with the Lord. And when Jesus came to him, he says, Peter, he says, do you love me? How many times did he ask Peter, do you love me? Three times. I wonder why he did it three times. You got any clue? How many times did he deny him? Three times. You know, one time there was a, a girl. She was blind. A girl was blind. She hated herself. She hated the world. She hated everything and everybody. Hated God. Because she was blind. She hated everybody and everything except her boyfriend. And he asked her, says, will you marry me? She says, if I can see the world, if I could just see the world, I'd marry you. Somebody donated her some eyes. The surgery was a success, and she could see. Totally changed her outlook on life. And her boyfriend asked her, says, now that you can see, will you marry me? And she looked at him, and she was shocked. She didn't know he was blind. And she says, there's too much of the world that I want to see. I don't want to spend my life tied down to a blind person. And he wept, walked away. Several months later, after he got over some of his grief, he wrote her a little letter. He says, take care of yourself and take care of my eyes. Wouldn't it be something to look one day into the face of Jesus Christ and you realized who has done so much for you and how little we respond in a good way to the Lord. Now, notice here in the book of Luke, and in chapter 22, look in verse 54. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. Peter followed afar off. When they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire, and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while another saw him and says, Thou art also of them. And Peter says, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after another, confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter says, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, or while he yet spake, 
the cock crew. And the Lord, get this, the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. What that look must have done. Did you know one day we're going to stand before the Lord and we are going to look into the face of Jesus Christ? I've often tried to picture what Christ really looks like, but I just can't seem to do it. But all I know about the Lord is what the Bible describes about his character. I know what he's like because the Word of God tells me this is Jesus. He is God. And this is what he's like, and this is who he loves. And this is what he promised, and you know, all the things that he will do and things he won't do. And then he makes this statement here in verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crowed, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Wept bitterly. When he knew, he had blown it. He had failed the Lord. I believe Peter loved the Lord, but I believe he took his eyes off of him. I believe he got scared, but I believe he still loved the Lord. But he didn't realize how shallow his roots were. You see, the roots didn't go very deep because a big test come along and he wasn't able to stand. But you see, God doesn't just forget about it and let you alone. I, I believe there's uh, some of these teenagers and even adults that you, you pour a lot in and say, I, I watered and I gave sunshine and I did all these things. And then some Christians will just seem to take off and grow. And then some of them look like they're never going to grow. And then I see years later, all of a sudden there's a little sprout. But in all those years, they're still going through experiences of life and their roots are still going down. And then one day, you'll be surprised how God will just bless a person and that person begins to make wise decisions. And then down the road, there could be 10, 15, 20 young guys become those into the ministry that came out of our youth group. But right now, you wouldn't give a quarter for Because we won't see things the way God sees things. Think it's not worth it. It's, it is worth it. Because, see, they're God's children. And God can do a better job raising his kids than, than I can. And God's word is true. Now, take your Bible and look in Ephesians in chapter 3. The book of Ephesians in chapter 3. Verse 13, Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, and you ought to underline this phrase, being rooted, grounded in love. Now, the only way sometimes God can root you and ground you in love is, a lot of, is to have a lot of hateful things happen to you. A lot of ugly things. Bitter things. Because, you see, if God's going to teach you love, it's not just going to be by showering you with love. It's going to be because you learn how to love the Lord in a, in a situation that's bitter. Because things are not right. Because people can be ugly. 
And that's to bring out the sweetness in you. How is God doing? Did God make a mistake with you? Did God send you some bitterness that you didn't respond to very well? What have you been facing lately? What do you think God wants you to do? How do you think He wants you to be? You see, outwardly sometimes we can fool everybody, but God knows the inside of an individual, how they're thinking. And you can carry a lot of bitterness and hatred on the inside because you don't like the circumstances, because God has given us some things that we don't understand. But the Lord is working on you because He wants you and has made you something special. And He wants you to sink your roots deep and rise as high as you can in your honor and glory to the Lord because of what He's done. But look at that verse one more time in verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able. See, the reason for being rooted and grounded in a certain thing is because there's something God wants you to do. You may be able to comprehend, to understand with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the, what's that word, height. So that it goes deep, that it goes wide, that it goes high. Because of what God is doing and working in your life. And that's why he says all these things, and in verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. There's power working in your life whether you understand it or not. There's experiences that you're going through. Not just the good things, sometimes the so-called bad things. Because God has a purpose. God is working in our life to develop us into something good. You picture all the good things that's happened to you in your life. And you say, boy, am I glad. God was so good to me. You know, God's characteristics doesn't change. When all those so-called bad things happen, God is still just as good. It's not God changed. God was good. God was bad. No. God is good. And so those bad things that we consider bad, it says we don't understand and see the fruitfulness of it yet. We don't see the cause, the purpose of it yet. But like the bamboo, nothing for the first year, the second year, the third year, the fourth year, but the fifth year, a little sprout. This end represents you and me, and the wallet represents sin. We all have sin upon us. Now God says that he loves us. God so loved the world. He hates our sin because, you see, it separates us from him. And he says the wages of sin is death, and since we committed the sin, we have to pay for it. We got a debt. And that is eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us, wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. None of us. We're all sinners. And the Bible says that if we want to go to heaven, we've got to get rid of it. The only way is by death. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us. He hates our sin because it separates us from him. Now, did God make a mistake in giving man a choice? Look what you get to choose. Christ took all of our sins, paid for them on the cross, and came back from the dead and says, Now, if you will believe that I did that for you, if you'll choose to believe it, I choose to give you as a free gift eternal life. 
So we choose to accept the payment he made, believing he did it for us. And he chose to give us as a free gift everlasting life. Our sins are paid, and we get to go to heaven on what Christ did for us. You didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. It's by grace. Are you saved through faith? That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Did God make a mistake? God don't make mistakes. God is perfect. God is righteous. Let's pray, shall we? Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.